things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Grace and peace, grace and peace. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology where I'm your host K-Dub and today we're going to talk about someone I have reviewed in the past. That's Howard John Wesley on abortion. Yes, stick around for that. But before we get into that, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel as always. If you're not subscribed, hit the notification bell as well. Share this video out. This is going to be an interesting one. Grace and peace to all those in the chat, watching, listening. I've noticed, hold on, let me, uh, yours truly, Waterloo. Ah, Yes, I've noticed there has been, ever since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which, praise God, right, more babies will live. You know, shout out to the to the shirt, Choose Life. If you want one, go to kdubtrue.com. <laughs> Grace and peace to you, Toya. Uh, thankful that you're listening in. Uh, <laughs> hope your hair braiders uh, will enjoy it as well. <laughs> um, I've noticed there's been a trend of pastors, and especially a lot of black pastors, um, condoning, um, making arguments for pro-abortion in the name of God. That's that's really the saddest part about it. And, and you know... I've done a video a couple videos ago where I talked about that, um, where there's been three pastors, three black pastors I reviewed. But today I'm going to uh, show a sermon, a lot of highlights of that sermon, where a pastor tried to, from the pulpit, claim that he stands with women, right? The sermon was called, I'm with her, and who he's with is the woman who gets an abortion, or her ability to get an abortion, and so... We're going to get into that. Um, someone asked, what's the flavor today? Oh, peach. Of course, peach. <laughs> so I think it's very sad that there are um, men who claim to be of God who will get in the pulpit and, one, abuse God's word, right, and argue for an atrocity such as abortion. I'm reminded of the days of Margaret Sanger where she had something called the Negro Project, right? where she would go around and pretty much recruit black pastors to, you know, persuade the congregation, persuade women, right, to get an abortion. And we have a lot of candidates for the Negro Project, as I'm going to say, who would do well in promoting Margaret Margaret Sanger's ideology. They would promote Margaret Sanger's eugenics. And really, her fundamental racism. A lot of people are still promoting that today. And it's it's sad that, you know, they'll claim, you know, they'll prop up an ideology that says they care for black lives and then only go around and perpetuate <laughs> eugenicism, right? And so I find that very interesting. But I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me talking about that. Let's Let's get into this video. Let's get into it. While thinking over these matters, I had a conversation with a pastor friend from Mississippi who was preparing a sermon last Sunday to address this Supreme Court ruling. And so he, he I, well, you know what, let me, let me let him finish this. He was writing a sermon of celebration. 
He had picked out Exodus 1 and the narrative about Shipra and Pua, these women whom God called and used to save children when Pharaoh was trying to kill them. And he was arguing that in the body of Christ, all of us must be Shipras and Puas. I actually thought this was a great argument and one that I've never heard before, but thank you, uh, uh, Howard Wesley, because I think this is an excellent argument. Let me actually go to uh, Exodus 1. And let's see, starting at verse uh, uh, 15. Then the king of Egypt said to, said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua. This is what King of Egypt says. He says, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill them. Right. This is what the king is saying. He's sending out a mandate. Right. He's the king is very pro-choice. Um, but if it's a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. That's a lot. That's a lot of theology right there. Right. They feared God. And did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. There's there is uh, a great argument right there for being like uh, Shipra. But Howard John Wesley is pro-choice when it comes to abortion, and he does not want to be like Shipra. So I think the pastor he's bringing up is actually bringing up a good point that I will actually use from now on. So I appreciate him giving me this argument. <laughs> and he point blank asked me, how can you not celebrate this ruling as a move of God? How can you not see the hand of God at work in this? How can you call yourself a Christian if you don't stand with this ruling because God is clearly on this side of the line of division? That's a very good argument. Um, or that's, that, that's some very good questions asked for you, Howard, uh, Howard John Wesley. Why do you not rejoice? As a matter of fact, an even stronger point, as a Christian, why do you not rejoice? Why are you arguing that women can commit abortion? We'll, we'll, we'll ask some further questions of Howard John Wesley here in a second. But I think this pastor friend, he needs to keep this pastor friend around because he's he's asking good questions to him. But watch his answer. He said to me that if you are a Christian, you must celebrate this pro-life decision. Yeah, you must be, if you're a Christian, let me even say it more in a positive way or in a, in a different way. If you are a Christian, you must be against the murdering of babies in the womb. Absolutely. That's not a controversial statement, biblically speaking. But he doesn't have a biblical worldview, so he struggles with that. And we're going to see that. Let me be honest with you. That messed me up. It's taken me a week to pray, to search through scriptures, to hear God shape my thought and my voice. I, I found that statement even interesting that he he's like, man, I got to go search the scriptures, see what the scripture is saying about abortion now. Um, but we're going to watch. We're going to come up shortly. Watch the text he tries to use to say, well, 
abortion is, you know, I'm with the women in this case. Watch the text he tries to use. And and if you've been watching my channel for any time, uh, we're, we're not a stranger to this text because Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> tried to use this text as well. If you know, you know. And before today, I ask you for just a moment to share sermonically some of my own thinking around this issue. Let me make a few opening comments that are critical for you to understand everything else that might come out of my head and might come out of my mouth. Number one, I want to confess to you, I am not a lawyer. I don't profess to know all the intricacies of the law. Neither am I a politician. Now, what does that have to do with abortion? Nothing. It's a moral issue. Can you imagine, like, after slavery, a pastor stands up and says, right after uh, the, the freeing of the slaves, a pastor stands up and they're asking him what's his thoughts, and he's like, I'm not a politician. You know, he, he really stands with the slave owners. He says, I'm not a politician. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all the intricacies on the law. You would be like, what? What are you what are you talking about? That would be quite confusing as this statement is as well. Who understand all the political factors and forces that are around us right now. What I am is a thinking Christian. And my intention today in this sermon if you'll call it that when it's done, is not to demonize anyone who may think differently than I do. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. (laughs) If you are against the murder of children, oh, yes, he will demonize you. Just wait. But to rather share with you a theological perspective, one way of looking at this situation, a perspective you can agree with and you can prayerfully disagree with. The final comment I want to make is that abortion, as we know it, as we experience it, as we see it in 2022, is not to be found anywhere in Scripture. Now, certainly there are passages of women with miscarriages in Scripture. There are passages where men's violence brings a miscarriage on a woman's pregnancy. But abortion, as we know it, is to be found nowhere in the Bible. And anyone who tells you differently is contextually lazy. So if you make application of scripture, you know, thou shalt not murder, and apply that to a life in a womb, <laughs> Reverend Howard John Wesley says you are contextually lazy. Very interesting. Um, I'll address that here in a second. But it's funny, (laughs) he talks about contextually lazy. He's going to go to a text here, which I I actually believe demonstrate his contextual laziness. I'll I'll save that for a second. But let me read something Meredith Klein says, right? Because were the Israelite women getting abortion? No, no. Why, why, Why is that the case? Because it was so unthinkable that a Israelite woman would actually murder their women. It wouldn't cross their mind, right? The pagans murdered their children, right? The pagans murdered their children. So he, he, he makes it seem like there's no application even to the concept of thou shalt not murder. He, has he addressed that? Of course not. He's, is he going to? Of course not. What would he say to that? I don't know. Probably just some overarching principle of he just stands with women, right? Um, 
But if you if you make an argument and apply that from texts like "Thou shalt not murder," um, a Proverbs twenty one eleven as it's quoted here, "Rescue those who are being taken away to death, hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter." If you go to texts like that, Reverend Howard John Wesley says you are contextually lazy. It doesn't demonstrate that, but we'll see who's contextually lazy, right? Let's see. The best we can do is look at some cursory texts that speak into the issue we're looking at and realize that there are other texts that can be interpreted differently. If you will turn. So I I think I believe it very clearly. Thou shalt not murder. uh, Proverbs 21, 11. Other texts that speak to this issue of killing an innocent person even actually speaks to the issue of abortion. He actually has a lazy hermeneutic that won't allow application for this issue. Right. He, he doesn't have a, he doesn't, I believe that's contextually lazy. It's kind of the, where does it say it word for word verbatim, verbatim kind of hyper dispensational, I'm sorry, hyper fundamentalist uh, argument. He has that, <laughs> right? Different interpretations. Oh yeah. He and, and and let me let me be very clear too. Uh, Howard John Wesley is a liberal. He actually doesn't believe any of this he's about to read is God's word. He doesn't believe any of the Bible is actually God's word. He, I mean, the Bible contains all kinds of errors. So he's actually being uh, hypocritical here as he's going to go to a uh, text which actually is a, a a textual variant so he makes his whole point talk about contextual laziness on a textual variant but we'll actually deal with that the text anyway with me to john chapter 8 in the eighth chapter of the gospel of john there's an event in the life of jesus that that we're familiar with but speaks volumes to us today john chapter 8 beginning in verse number two so I'm going to actually read the verse, John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. And ask yourself while I'm reading this, does this prove, see, this is what you need to ask yourself anytime someone is preaching, right? Anytime someone is preaching, ask this question. Does the text demonstrate what they're saying? Uh, matter of fact, hold on. There's a, there's a fanciful way of saying this. I, I, I gotta, I gotta just quote it. Uh, who knows? You know, I, I, I think in, um, what do you call, uh, I think in rap lyrics. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me, let me find it. Let me find it. Okay. As you listen. Okay. Yo, let me explain what I mean. It's not too complex. It's preaching God's word in its proper context. As you listen, be discerning. What you have to determine was the point of the passage, the point of the sermon, right? That's what we should be asking ourselves. By the way, that's uh, expository preaching lyrics by Shylin. Check it out. Great song. So as I read this text, ask yourself, is this passage to be a passage about abortion? And the ability to do it? Ask yourself that question. Pause, right? Actually, let's listen. Let's actually listen and read the text, okay? Early in the morning, 
he came again to the temple. Um, that is, Jesus came to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, that is to Jesus, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say, right? They're trying to put him to the test, right? We know this. Even verse 6 says this. Uh, even though, like I said, even this text is a textual variant, but I'll, we'll be fair to even the, what the text has to say. Verse 6. This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against them. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. And that's going to be the main verse he, he launches in on. Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. It, in your mind, you're like, how does that prove abortion? And and stand, stand by, we'll get there. But let me finish the verse. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Let's continue with Howard Johns Wesley's eisegesis. Hear the words of verse 9. Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. If forced to put a title on this sermon, I'd simply give it these words. I'm with her. I'm with her. So the sermon title is I'm with her. And I guess that presupposes I'm with her in regards to what? I'm with her in regards to abortion. So we'll continue. It's what we read in Leviticus. It's what we read in Deuteronomy. Jesus has to be over here. And if he doesn't stand over here, then he is not with God. Sounds a lot. A conversation some conservative Christians are having today. If you don't stand here, how can you call yourself a child of God? If you don't celebrate this decision, how can you say you believe in the word of God? If you don't applaud what God has done through the Supreme Court, how can you say you know what God is doing in our world? God is here and here alone. And if you don't stand here, you cannot be with God. They think they've got Jesus backed into a corner. They think they've got Jesus hemmed up, that he has to do one of two things. And here's what I love about my Jesus, your Jesus, our Jesus. He presents another option. <laughs> they think they've got him. So notice what he's actually trying. It's very clear what he's trying to do. He's trying to make a parallel between what Jesus is doing and what he himself is doing. Right. So, so right. Pro-life or pro-choice. Well, we can present another option. What's the what's the other option to life or death? There is no other option. It's either life or death. Right? Those are those are the, the, the different contrasts. There is no middle ground to that position. 
be careful of people who try to take a middle ground, right, where there is none, right? But we'll continue. We'll listen to his argument. Cornered that either he will stone her and lose credit or, or he'll have compassion and violate the word and he cannot be the Christ. Jesus, Terrence, gives him a third option. You know what Jesus does? He ignores them. Jesus, hearing them, they bring the woman. They he actually doesn't ignore them. That's why he says, he who without sin cast the first stone. So he's wrong there. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, it's a great polemic in the answer. So he doesn't actually ignore them. He addresses their error. But again, this is a textual variant, but he never even mentions that. Does he know it? I'm not sure, but we'll keep going. Master, she was caught in the act of adultery. The Bible says she needs to be killed. What do you say? And Jesus looked down on the ground and began writing. Now, now you, you don't know what that is because we don't do that in our common uh, contemporary context. You know what that is? That, that, that's like seeing your phone ring and hitting ignore. Uh, that, that, that's like someone talking to you and you turning. Jesus is ignoring them. He's not responding. And they know it. And they get upset. And they push it again and say, hey, Jay, we're talking to you. What would you do? Jesus stands up and this is what he said. Yeah, Thomas Jones actually brings up a good point. He says, then tell the woman you stand with never to sin again by committing abortion. The text defeats his argument. Yeah, so even if you want to use his text, Jesus actually rebukes the woman. Right? He, he, he addresses the sin. But if you want to make the parallel, Howard John Wesley does not. So. In some of the most famous words of our Savior. She said, all right, here it is. Any of y'all that have never said, you can throw the first stone. Any of you it. who've never done anything wrong, you've got the right to throw the first stone. It's not written in scripture, but I know it happened. And all of a sudden, you start hearing stones drop. Rocks being released. And the Bible says that each one of them that came with stones start walking away one at a time. What Jesus has done is expose the hypocrisy of the Pharisees once again. Hear me, y'all. Let me share with you the hypocrisy of these Pharisees. And maybe you can find some connection to where we are right now. Listen at what Jesus does and why Jesus ignores them. Can I give it to you real simply? Here's it. number Let's one hear why Jesus ignores them. Because Jesus realizes you all are hiding your politic behind your theology. Don't let someone's use of theology cause you to be ignorant of their politic. No. Don't let someone, someone's ignorance, misuse of their theology, ignore politics. See, this is actually um, an error of his thinking that God's word has no kind of, uh, you know, say so on how we to live in polit politics. Or they make um, what he does 
moral issues mere political issues. No, you're wrong on this point. One, Jesus actually addresses them. So he, he's not ignoring them. I have no clue where you get this issue of Jesus is, is ignoring them. He addresses them. You even had said it. He tells them whoever is, you know, not sin no more. Right. Cast the first stone. Who he or he, he would he who without sin cast the first stone. That sounds like an addressing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't let your politics inform your understanding of theology or better or said it even in a different way. Your misunderstanding of theology. Right. Don't don't let their theological jargon hide their political agenda. OK, let me make it real simple. Don't let what they say cause you to miss what they're really up to. <laughs> I'm very clear what I'm up to. Pro-life people who are Christian are very clear what they're up to. We don't want the murder of babies to continue in this land. By God's grace. So. See, but notice he has to kind of create some al other ulterior motive for why you're pro-life. This is what all the I'm pro-life, but really pro-choice people have to do. They create some other ulterior motive in you. And say, oh, well, that's really why you're pro-life. You don't care about babies. You don't care about women. You just care about, you know, white supremacy. What, what, what else do they do? They create some ulterior motive for why you believe what you believe. It's really slanderous if you think about it. It is. There is some politic going on in this. And don't be hoodwinked by the theology. Don't allow your theological agreement to cause you to miss your political disagreement. You don't even agree theologically, Wesley. You don't agree theologically. Our, our, our theological position is babies should not be murdered. That is a theological statement. It is a command by God. Do not murder. You don't agree with that. You're, you're open for the option to do it. To break God's law. His command. So this actually is fundamentally theological. But notice how passionate he is about the option to murder your baby. I, I've, I've watched a lot of sermons from Howard John Wesley. I've watched a lot of dialogues, interviews of him, and I have never seen him more passionate than he, than he is in this sermon. Right. You would almost think if you were just watching this man, he was just proclaiming the gospel. You know, you watch it on mute. You'd be like, wow, he's passionate. But yeah. Don't let the fact that we both read Exodus cause me to miss the fact that we're still not on the same page. Your Bible is my Bible, but that does not mean that we read it, interpret it, or apply it the same. Don't miss the politics. Yeah, but that's the issue. The issue is we're not interpreting it the same. Because God's word is very clear on what he thinks about abortion. <laughs> I, I would love to challenge him on that issue. Um, matter of fact, I had the opportunity quite a year, quite a few years ago, and I, I talked to his secretary because I wanted to challenge him on, is Jesus the only way? Oh, yeah, guys, by the way, he doesn't believe Jesus is the only way for everybody. He just says it's the way for him. He's very inclusive, uh, possibly pluralistic. But I said I will fly to, to Virginia. That's where he's at and debate him myself on the expense of my dime. 
And I'm still willing to do that on the issue of abortion. I, I offer the same challenge. If his secretary is watching, anyone from Alfred Street Baptist Church is watching, I offer the same thing. We can debate this issue at your church. Let's debate the issue. Howard John Wesley. Is abortion biblical? Or is the murder of babies pleasing to God? Or okay with God or acceptable God? It, we, we, we can work on a thesis statement that's acceptable to both of us. But I'm willing to debate that. My dime you don't got to play for no flight, same as I offer it to you to bait you on is Jesus the only way. I'll pay for my way, my hotel, my food. You guys don't have to pay for anything. Just show up or you know, just provide the venue, I guess. We can do that. I'm willing to put it theologically where my mouth is. If you look at the states that are about to ban abortion and look at the states that Donald Trump won in the 2020 election, they are scarily the exact same. So <laughs> pro-choice people always do this. Donald Trump lives rent-free in their, in their minds. What does Donald Trump have to do with, is abortion okay with God? What does, what does abortion have to do with Donald Trump? I mean, Donald Trump isn't even fully pro-life. So what does it have to do with anything? Nothing. So why bring up Donald Trump? Because you know that's going to incite some some red meat for your followers. Right? Oh, yeah. Donald, all you have to mention is connect the issue with Donald Trump and you got them, right? You got them mad, right? You, act, you actually think you've proven a point. It doesn't. Don't miss the politics. Don't miss the politic that Justices Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch are not elected by the will of the people, but that those three conservative judges who swung the vote were appointed by a twice-impeached president who lied about election results and fueled an insurrection to halt the peaceful transfer of power in a democratic state and is now having the legacy of three justices who will sit on that court forever. Who's politicking here? Really? <laughs> Who is politicking? This man read some story about John, John eight, right? That he doesn't believe that. I mean, that he, no Bible here, right? Someone's no Bible whatsoever. He, uh, Read John eight, act like that proved his point. Went on to talk about politics and 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 uh, political figures, Donald Trump and Amy Barrett and what does that have to do with anything? Insurrection, January sixth, right? What does this have to do with anything? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, someone all this from John eight. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything. Yeah, orange man bad, right? said uh donald t is not fully pro-life what do you mean he's he allows for exceptions of abortion right orange man bad but biden give me a break this is the damaging legacy of donald trump don't miss the politic donald trump ain't been president in like two years and these guys still talk about him like he's 
running a show. They have banned this man off of social media. Like I, I have really haven't heard from Donald Trump in like the last year. <laughs> and this guy lives rent free in their head. Don't miss the fact that they rushed this decision because they knew in three days later, the first African-American woman would be sworn in. And we all know what happens when you put a sister in the room. They had to get it through before Katanji was on the bench. Wait, sister? You mean the person who doesn't know what a woman is? What you, why, are you, why are you calling her a sister? <laughs> uh, let, let's, let's even grant that. Uh, it still would have been, what, five to four? So, so pretty much what he's saying is they had to get it done because... Um, this sister would have influenced a lot of these people to to change their mind. Well, let's talk about the leak that came out. Let, let, let's talk about, you want to talk about politicking. Let's talk about the leak that came out prior. But again, I mean, this guy should just, yeah, this guy is politicking. Absolutely. Just bro, just say you're Democrat. We know you are. Just say you're mad that more babies will live. More black babies will live. Because you don't want that. Don't miss the politic. I know what I'm about to say. It's going to give me a whole lot of trouble, but forgive me. Too late, bro. Too late. Do you really think that a conservative white man in Mississippi is pro-life because he cares about a teenage unwed black mother in Baltimore? More pro-life than you, apparently. More pro-life than you, because you want you, you you think their child should be dead. You think she she should have the ability to kill that black child. While the white conservative man, which nice try. You wanna you wanna make this you wanna make this about ethnicity. We we see what you're doing. We see you. We see you. But he's more pro-life than you. He cares more about black lives than you do. Don't give me this black lives matter. You don't you don't think that. You just want money for black lives. Let's be real. Do you think this is about all life? Yes. <laughs> Literally uh making it harder to um um Kill babies, yes, is about all life. And, and I pray that one day it will be illegal to do that. Fully illegal. This is not just pro-life. It's pro-white life. <laughs> oh, that's funny, considering abortion, the history of, of Planned Parenthood with Margaret Sanger and where parent, Planned Parenthood strategically placed themselves today. But watch his point. Saying how could that be? That would never happen. That this isn't about uh, pro-white life. Uh, then I want you to also watch Congresswoman Mary Miller from my home state of Illinois at a Save America campaign with Donald Trump in the background and listen at what she says about the Supreme. Now, I, got, I want you guys to listen to that. I want you to listen to what he's about to play to say, Oh, they don't really care about black lives. They care about white lives. What? <laughs> and and I knew about this because I had someone sent this to me and was like, try to make a similar argument. But watch. Court decision. 
then this Tuesday you need to cast your vote for a truly wonderful person, Mary Miller, respected by everybody. Mary, come on up. Come on up. There's the bad orange, man. Thank you so much, President Trump. It's a, such an honor to be able to welcome you to God's country. I'm now. I, I mean, I obviously have my disagreements with a lot of Republicans with statements like that. Uh, <laughs> this is not the new Israel, but but nevertheless, I'm thankful that God used Republicans, conservatives, you know, to uh, make it harder to kill their babies. But watch, watch what he, watch what. Watch what she says, but watch what, and then watch what pastor, someone says, is this part of the sermon? Yes, it is. He actually played this. In front of this massive crowd that loves you, I'm so honored to have your endorsement. President Trump, on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic Victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. So that's his whole, well, clearly they're about white life. Clearly she misspoke and meant to say life instead of white. But, but watch what this evil man does. Thank you, Donald Trump, for the victory of white life. Now, now I know, I know some of you are saying that was, that was just a mistake, a slip. She corrected it. It was a Freudian slip. And you know what a Freudian slip says, that whatever comes out of your mouth originally uh, came out of your heart and in your mind. And even if it was a Freudian slip, the fact that the whole audience began to clap, including those two brothers in the background, is a disgrace and disgusting that this is not about all life. It's because they recognize it was a misspeak. <laughs> so oh well it's a Freudian slip she clearly misspoke clearly <laughs> she clearly misspoke and meant to say life instead of white that's understandable because get you know what this standard won't allow for guess what you're going to misspeak one day and you probably have and someone's going to just say well it's a Freudian slip and you really meant to say it be careful of the standard you put on people that you yourselves can be guilty of as well just straight up lying, man. You, you know I gotta play it. Why you always lying? Just lying from God's place, the pulpit. You know, he spent more time talking about politics than he has the word of God. Talking about, this is what you call a projection fallacy. You're actually doing what you accuse others of doing. Right? This is a projection fallacy. This is about protecting certain white life. But they ain't got nothing to say. Listen, listen, listen. I, I know there's some folks that want to support this. But hear me from where I stand. It is hard for me to identify you as pro-life if all you care about is the womb, but you don't care about the streets. This is a common fallacy. <laughs> yes, soundboard, yes. I got more for this man. This is a common fallacy of the I'm pro-life, but really pro-choice crowd. That's what I'm calling them. <laughs> or or I got a new phrase, the long route to pro-choice. That's what they're just they just take longer to get there. 
but they're really pro-choice. This is the fallacy. Oh, you just want people, you just care about them in the womb, but as soon as they get out, you don't care. Well, that's not true. You, it's the pro, pro-life people who are, who are willing to adopt and adopting, who give to, to organizations, who, who are trying to institute pregnancy centers and, and often do. What, what are you talking about? They, they just only care about life in the womb. This is just, it's, it's more lies. It's more slander. Make, just make you just say like this. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? Any, anytime someone says that, just, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, man? It's hard for me to identify you as pro-life if you care more about what's going on in the womb than you do what happens after the baby is born. Lies. If you are truly pro-life, I should have seen you protesting down at Congress to change gun laws so that we... <laughs> if you're really pro-life, you would have been against the Second Amendment. <laughs> you would have been against protecting yourselves. That's, that's, a, that's silly. Again, liberal talking points. Protect our children from these school shootings. You get rid of the guns, you ain't going to be able to protect no child from school shootings. Nobody. Again, you, you, he, he watches the CNN, he watches the, the you know, leftist talking points. He's just repeating them. If you're pro-life, you should have been outspoken about the opioid epidemic that is killing thousands of our people. Yes, I'm, I'm against that. I don't know anybody for it. <laughs> Fentanyl is destroying uh, communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and yeah, where is BLM? They don't protest against gang violence or black-on-black crime. Where, where are you guys this weekend when uh, five to ten-plus people will be killed Due to gun violence. You guys never address that. You guys never address that. Soon as the one gets shot by the cop, y'all over that though. If you really pro-life, address your cop. <laughs> I could do that too. If you're pro-life, you should be marching right here in DC for universal health care because it's a shame for someone to die because they can't afford some medication. So this is the, if you're really pro-life, the government will give me everything argument. That's silly. I don't think that's a reason why you should kill babies. Insured or not insured. <laughs> but, again, this is the modern argument, right? Because prior to, I mean, 20 years ago, no one was arguing for, I mean, universal health care or your not pro-life stuff. This, this is the modern argument that of, of entitlement. If you're pro-life, you should have been active about food deserts. Uh, this is a good argument. If we kill all the babies in the womb, there won't be any kids to protect from school shootings. Absolutely, Roxby. Great argument. Is he part of a BLM organization? I, I don't think so. At least not. I, I, I'll say this. I don't know. I don't know. I know he supports them. Ideology speaking. The rise of obesity and diabetes within our children. I mean, that's the parents' fault for taking them to McDonald's. I, all this is blaming others. If you're really pro-abolition, right? 
Yes, let's turn this around with slavery. Imagine the slave master. If you're really pro-abolition while arguing for, for the slaves to still be enslaved. It's, it's stupid. It's silly. This is whataboutism. This is classic whataboutism. You're not actually addressing the issue. Let's, let's grant you. Let, let me look. I will grant you for a second. You're right on every issue. What does that have to do with aborting babies? It has nothing to do. If you're pro-life, you should have protested when your president locked up brown and, and black children in cages and separated them from their mothers and their fathers. If you are pro-life, I should have seen you what? at a Black Lives Matter rally. <laughs> it's because I'm pro-life I'm not at a Black Lives Matter rally. Because <laughs> they're not pro-life. What is, what is, this guy is just talking now. He, he, what? Like. Bruh. What do you mean by that? What, what do you mean? BLM don't care about babies. They're an anti-family. Why would I stand with them? But guess what? He's passionate. He's passionate. If you're really pro-life, you will stand with BLM? That is the most absurd and asinine statement I've heard in the past three hours. <laughs> I was going to say all week, but I've heard some pretty crazy stuff. Um, yes, and Biden overstuffed those cages. Live by lies, man. Live by lies. After Breonna and after Ahmad and after Jordan and after Tatiana, where were you then? If you're pro-life, you should demand that your state get rid of capital punishment. Whose man is this? If you're really pro-life, you should. Jesus was for capital punishment. This, this, I mean, he is a walking leftist meme. Seriously, he, he, he is a walking leftist meme. You know, I mean, help me, help me. He, he, he's just. <laughs> yes, we're live. We're live. He's a walking leftist meme. Just he's just throwing everything in the kitchen sink. What'll work? Something's got to stick. And the execution of criminals. Why? Cause you pro life. Here you. I'm also pro justice. Here's the issue. I don't believe innocent people should die. But if you go out and murder thirty people, yeah, you're deserving of of death penalty. Death. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. But he think he made a good point. But you really haven't. You really are we still in John eight? <laughs> we left John eight as soon as we got in it. Yeah, good old whataboutism. Yeah, <laughs> we left John eight as soon as we got there. <laughs> yeah, he was just talking when he started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your pro-life self got a whole lot to say about this. What's your pro-death self? So? But they got nothing to say about that. I got something Nobody to say. Nobody wanted to understand the forces and the factors that led her to her lifestyle. They never took time to understand how she got where she got. Watch what these religious folk do. They drag her out of the bed, bring her to church, 
and then expose her in front. Oh, he's back in John eight. Everybody, <laughs> he's back in John eight. Uh, he abandoned it for like twenty minutes in actual sermon time, or maybe longer than that. But he's back finally in John eight. We, 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 we're gonna we're gonna finally get in the word. <laughs> Everybody, and make her stand while they judge her. It's easy to judge someone's response to a situation you ain't never been in. True, very true, but what does that have to do with anything? I've never been in a situation to own slaves, but I know it's wrong. I've never been in a situation to uh, commit other heinous immoral acts, but it's wrong. So what? I don't have to get an abortion to know it's right or wrong. Thankfully, God's word is uh, sufficient. It's easy for you to judge abortion. You never had an unplanned pregnancy. What if I say it's easy to judge a racist because you've never struggled with the thought of hating black people? He would be like, that's absurd. Yes, it would be. But so was that argument. I don't need to know the situation. God's word has spoken clearly that it's wrong. That's absurd. That's absurd. And if that's your view as a pastor, I can't imagine the pastoral counseling you give to people. Will you, can you imagine someone, a couple comes up to them and is like, a man's like, I'm divorcing my wife. And he's like, for what? Did she cheat on you? He's like, no. Is she, well, is there some kind of, um, abandonment? It's like, no. It's like, why do you want to leave her? You don't know what I struggle with. Every night, I just, I'm not settled. And and what if they're like, you don't know because you've never been in my shoes. Would he just give pastoral counsel to divorce then? Because he's never been in those shoes. This this is making your experience, your ex experience authoritative. Uh, experience isn't authoritative, pastor quote unquote it's easy to judge someone and their response to a situation you've never been in and here's the bigger problem they use scripture to justify it absolutely we do because god's words authoritative on the issue of life you don't believe that though that's why you're not comfortable with scripture even though you're abusing scripture right here or sorry like a textual variant why don't you go to scripture to actually prove? And why aren't you on God's word side? The Bible's very clear. You know, on many issues, it's not that the Bible is not clear. Just people don't want to believe it. And he's, he's a living proof of that. What a shameful thing. Shameful. To use scripture to want to hurt and harm someone. That's what you're doing. That's actually what you are doing. You know why? Yeah, God forbid we use scripture. <laughs> That's actually what you're doing. Howard Wesley, let me show you a couple ways. One, the murder of the child. That's a very obvious. But the woman, you don't actually care about the woman. Let me show you why. All pro-abortionists do not care about the women. They like to phrase the, ar phrase the uh, argument like they do. Well, we just want the woman to choose. We care about her. We're compassionate. No, you're not. This woman would be more likely to commit suicide because of what she's done. 
She'll lose something that she'll never be able to get back. There's no going back. Once you once you get an abortion and that baby dies, you can't get that child back. You're less likely to, to even have a child. Some people get an abortion, they're never able to re, uh, pr produce a child again. You don't care about this woman. She'll be more likely to get uh, cancer, more likely for extreme high depression. You don't care about this woman. <sighs> Sorry. I, I, I just hate when people say this because they are the ones who don't care about women. We care about the child and the woman because we know what's going to happen to her when she gets this. They didn't care that as a result of your ruling, women will now be forced to have abortions in dark, unsafe, unsanitized places, which puts their life at risk, which was the case long before Roe versus Wade. You Notice the language. Women now will be forced to have unhealthy, unsafe abortions, right? That's the judgment and the penalty for you going to kill your kid. By this, by this argument, fentanyl should be legal. Or, or some, some kind of drug. But guess what? People will go on the streets, right? right? If we don't give them safe uh, needles to do it with, they'll find them on the street. And get unsafe uh, needles that are used. That's still that's silly, and absolutely, Toya, I can sympathize with the situation and still call sin sin. Absolutely, you can. I, I can sympathize with a a father, uh, never being taught how to be a father, but yet still telling him to handle up, and handle his responsibility. I can show compassion. Yet be strong on sin. This is it's not a it's not a uh you know, well choose one. That's what Toy is trying to say. It's not choose one. I can be both. I can be compassionate yet. Anyways. You don't care about her well-being, and you're using scripture to justify it. Listen. This man does not believe the Bible. He does not believe God's word. Let's let's just make that clear. He does not. I, I didn't get in trouble. I might as well go ahead. Yeah, keep going. And get myself cut off. L let me tell you why I have been cast out of a whole lot of conservative Baptist circles. Oh, let, let me actually give the reasons. Um, you deny Jesus as the only way for every single person. You says God is still learning, meaning you deny God's exhaustive knowledge. Uh, you deny scripture as God's breathed inspired word without errors. You are LGBTQ affirming. You're an inclusivist. Possibly a pluralist. There are numerous reasons why people say you're a false teacher and a heretic. And have kicked you out. Praise God for that. They have some kind of theological fidelity to God's word. Yeah, his wokeness. <laughs> there are numerous issues. Why you should, you know what? It's a, it's a, a shame that you're even in a pulpit, let alone being kicked out of other churches to be able to speak there. You, Howard John Wesley, are God's judgment on churches like this. You stand as a judgment in this pulpit and upon this church. Now, usually I'm very calm, but abortion 
Nothing makes me more mad than that. Well, you guys know what I mean. Few things make me more mad than abortion. He stands as a ju- God's judgment in this church. And I, and I will not apologize for that. Can I tell you why I don't get invited to preach like I used to? Can I tell you why my name is on the blacklist? I just showed you why. Let me tell you why. Because I dare make this statement. That the fundamental question of Christianity is not what does the Bible say. Yes. So he does not believe that the Bible is fundamentally authoritative. But watch what, and, I, and, I, and I've exposed this kind of thinking. Watch what he says is. That's a good question. That's a primary question. That's a foundational question. I care about what the Bible says, but the primary question of Christianity for me is not what does the Bible say. The question is, what would Jesus do? And tell me what Jesus did without using the Bible. That's your actual error. And I've I've exposed this thinking in many of his uh, sermons in the past. You don't know Jesus apart from what God has revealed in his scriptures. Not authoritatively, not objectively. So don't give me this. Don't give me this mess here. The God's word is, is exhaustive and you only know Jesus through God's word. Our epistemology is our epistemology is revelatory. He's not, you know, to be someone who's been through a lot of theological training, he's not. A, and I'm not saying this as an insult intellectually, but but theologically just shows he, he's not just a, a critical thinker when it comes to this stuff. That's why I want to come to this church and challenge him. <laughs> and as a Christian, I am called to align myself with Jesus and his use of Scripture and his interpretation of the Bible. And his use of Scripture trumps yours. Meaning. You disagree with Jesus' use of scripture. Yeah, yeah. Which Jesus? Muslim Jesus? The 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 uh atheist Jesus? He's just a good guy that existed historically, but didn't rise from the dead. The Mormon Jesus, you know, the brother of Satan. Which Jesus? Every, anytime you bring up Jesus, we gotta ask, who? How? What? And guess what? You gotta go back to the Bible to prove all that. So I know you don't want to stand on God's word, but you want to have Jesus, but you can't do that. And his action towards other. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, He says, you know, he wants to have Jesus view of scripture. You don't. Jesus viewed God's word as exhaustive, authoritative and inspired without error. You don't believe that. Yes, Jesus said God's word is truth. You don't believe that. Have you not read what God said? You don't believe that. See, this is the 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 Jesus of liberalism. That's, you know, it's not actually the one that it can't tell you anything about Jesus and what he actually believed. You can use the Bible in a way that is contrary to the life of Jesus Christ. That's what you're doing. And there's Jesus. Left alone with the woman and he asked her a question where are those who come to condemn you where are those who tried to legislate against you where are those 
who tried to remove you from the right to make this decision. He said, you know what? They're all going. Right to wait, make what decision? Jesus stated that her actions was wrong. What is, what is he talking about? Jesus didn't say, I stand with you to commit adultery. That's what he would need to have to make a parallel. Jesus tells her to go and sin no more. And guess what? When it comes to abortion, he would say the same thing. A similar thing. It's not what he said. Notice, notice, see, this is what liberalism does. When they they'll get off the rail, they'll tell the story and then, and then go into some fanciful story. Next thing you know, you're back in the text. But as the story's changed, this is a different story now. This isn't even John 8, even though it's a textual variant, which I don't believe was actually what John wrote. But that's another story for another time. I've explained that in past videos. But it's not even what the, the te that text is saying. I'm with you. I stand with you. That I'm not going to condemn you. That your next move in life is between you and me. That you know what, baby girl? This is a private moment between you and me. It's not what happened. I want you to do some homework when you go read your Bible next time. Look at the times Jesus deals with something publicly. And then look at the times when he deals with it privately. Because there's some matters that are simply between that person and God. Killing your baby is a private matter between you and God? What? What? I don't know how he even got that out of the text. Jesus rebukes her and calls her out. Even according to, you know, this textual variant. <laughs> yeah, baby girl, go and get that abortion. Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say that. So why does he make that the point? Nicholas, my man, says Dub's got a such a down to way, down to earth way to it clearly express technical points. Man, appreciate that, bro. God bless you. Jesus doesn't baby girl her into sin, saying it's okay. Yes, his, it's sad that his theology is so off. He doesn't believe that Jesus is the only way. That was a deal breaker for me. I don't expect anything else to be on point if you deny that Jesus is the only way. Well said, Emerald. Well said. And I, like I said, I stand with the challenge for Howard John Wesley. Tell your secretary to reach back out to me and call me. We spoke on the phone. If you want to debate, is Jesus the only way? If you want to debate, is abortion okay? I will debate any one of those. If you want to debate, does God know all things? I'll debate any of them on my expense. Because I'm concerned about the men and women in your church who no one has the gall to stand up and say, this is foolish. Well, maybe they have, but they've been kicked out and probably removed. So, you know, I'll be careful with that statement. But the fact that you don't have the empty church is silly. You still have people in here after denying God's word. It shows you where we're at spiritually. But yes, sorry, sorry. So Jesus says, you know what? I'm with her. You who condemn her, leave. You who want to stone her, leave. You who don't care about her, leave. You who are using her, leave. You have a hidden agenda, leave. But I'm with her. I don't know where you stand, 
but I'm with her. It's her body, it's her right, it's her choice, and it's between her and her God. Lord, speak to our hearts, but more than that, open our hearts to be filled with compassion. How dare you seek God's provocation and and, and prayer to him after just saying it's her choice to get an abortion? How dare you call for wisdom after denying God's word? 10 seconds in, he sounds like AOC. He used the exact same argument as her, if you recall. Uh, It is no one's right to go against what God has said. You don't have that right. God has said not to do it. No one has the right to violate God's law. We are going against his will. No one has the right to do such a wicked act. No sin is a matter of God saying you can either do it or don't. It's, it's, it's just up to you. No, don't violate what he has spoken. Why using his argument, is it my right now? Was it someone or you know what? Let's let's use a hot button topic that I know he'll agree with. Was it the slave master's right? To do what he can do with another person's body, i.e. slave? Did he have that right? Was it his right to do such a wicked act? I, I, I I would be curious on his answer. If he were consistent, he would say yes. But then he would be violating another command of God. Stealing a human being. Absolutely. The logic suggests, his faulty logic suggests, we can fornicate and commit adultery. It's our private choice. That's exactly what it says. That's exactly what it states. And that's the hypocrisy of Howard John Wesley. Like I said, I I would be more than willing to come to his church and discuss these issues. Yeah, where's his love and compassion for the unborn? For the millions of babies, black babies, that have been murdered, ripped apart, limb from limb in the womb. Where's his compassion there? People who, who, who won't even get to experience this life. The joys and the beauties, pleasures of this life. They just got snuffed out from the beginning. All because of people want to be sexual promiscuous. Let's be honest. That's majority of abortions happen. That's the majorities of abortion. As I've done abortion ministry, as I've experienced others who've done abortion ministry, that's majority of the cases. So I was I was saddened to see that, but not shocked. Sadly, not shocked to hear um, Howard John Wesley advocate for that he's with her in the regards of abortion. It was sad, but I was not shocked. He's already capitulated to the uh, uh, to the culture and to the world when it comes to other issues. Why would I expect him to stand strong on life? I don't. I don't at all. And so my hope and prayer is that maybe through the algorithms, just like I know that my other content has reached people in his church, my prayer is that 
this video would reach people in church, reach into his leadership as I know it has. I've spoken to his secretary, and I hope my prayer is that many of them would listen to what I'm saying and repent and and, and get away because he's a wolf. He's a blatant wolf. At this point, there's no sheep's clothing on this man. He's just a wolf out in the open. I mean, fundamental things he denies. This, this isn't even a matter of, oh, well, you know, it's just your preference. No, this man denies fundamental things of God's word. And so, again, um, yes, if you're watching, hit the like button. If you have not watched, I have a video on abortion where I do a music video. Matter of fact, oh, let me, let me, uh. Let me search here and drop it in the chat just to give people, hey, if you haven't listened to it, you should you should uh, listen. If you do me a favor, you can share it for me. Watching, hit the like button. If you have not watched, I see. Yeah, let me let me drop that in. There you go. Yeah, if you're watching, check that out when you get when you get a chance. Watch Womb War. Go to kdubtrue.com. Get you a shirt. Support the ministry. Stand up for lies, more importantly. Even if you don't support, even if you don't watch the video, that's fine. Stand up. Speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Amen. And so, man, I appreciate everybody for watching. Like I said, like the video. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Click the notification bell so you can be aware when I go live. Like I said, you guys have a blessed day. Till the next time. Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you, I, I have to end the show properly. Got to end it properly, right? Till the next time. Y'all know how we do it here at All Things Theology. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Hey, grace and peace. Till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace.